What's going on, everyone? This is your host and founder of the Barbell CEO Podcast. My name is Mike Dewar, and today we are going to talk all about Marcus Philly. Now, for those of you who are not aware of who Marcus Philly is, or you're unsure of all that he can and has done, he is a six times CrossFit Games athlete. He is a gym owner. He is an online uh, fitness coach and entrepreneur. He's somebody who's doing it all, and I really am excited to have him on the show today. He's going to share with us his journey um, growing up and his athletic background and how that steered him towards uh, his education, pursuing the field of exercise science, and then also how he got into CrossFit, how he was able to go from where he was at to a pretty high-level athlete to being able to a six-time repeat CrossFit Games athlete. And then to today where he's a family's man, he's transitioned to that part of his life where he's working on his business. He's making a huge impact with his programs, the Awaken Series, 12-week training program, functional bodybuilding. All this stuff is because Marcus Philly has a vision and his philosophy for movement and strength training and conditioning and nutrition. So I'm excited to dive in today. This one's going to be an awesome episode. But first, guys and ladies out there, please leave us a review that really helps uh, myself and Marcus know what we can improve upon, what you liked, and helps really steer the content for this podcast. Because once again, this is all about you guys and really trying to spread the word for athletes, coaches, and fitness entrepreneurs. Real quick before we dive into this episode with Marcus Philly, I want to just introduce you guys to something we have been doing here at the Barbell CEO. It's called the Circle of Strength. So if you're an athlete, a strength coach, an entrepreneur looking to level up, not only inside the gym, but outside the gym, and you're looking for a group of individuals who can hold yourself accountable uh, and a growth-minded community of, of people, then check us out at thebarbellceo.com slash circle dash of dash strength. We are going through a lot of great things in there, and we've had a lot of great success in the first couple months here and it's been pretty awesome to be a part of this so if you guys want to check that out we have a two-week free trial on there you guys can sign up online and i can get you guys all set up and uh we're gonna get back to the show here because we have a full jam-packed session with marcus philly of revival strength all right guys so we're here with marcus philly marcus how you doing today i am doing very well thank you for uh having me on to speak with you yeah no i was uh i was pretty excited when when we set this up and I've been a, a longtime fan of, of what you've been doing as an athlete, but then seeing everything, your transition from uh, the games to going where obviously you have the revival strength and now functional bodybuilding, which is something that, you know, it's grown immensely. I've watched your journey online and it's been pretty cool to see. And now it's like a, a household name in every box. So it's pretty cool to have that impact. I, I wholeheartedly agree. It was sort of a, a natural evolution to this point. Nothing really happened by design. It was all just organic. And it's really, uh, it's fun to see how much, you know, the training knowledge and information and style that we've been putting out for a couple of years has, has made a positive impact on people. And uh, yeah, that's, that was always my goal in getting into health and fitness over 10 years ago is to, you know, make some type of tangible impact on on a few individuals to start with, but then hopefully over time grow a reach that would impact more and more people. Yeah. Well, your, your reach has definitely grown immensely. And I, I remember, um, you know, I was following you and then you started the functional bodybuilding, uh, brand, if you will. And it's just, it's taken off. Have you, 
how, have you did you envision this uh, impact that you had, or has it just kind of been overwhelming? Yeah, no, definitely didn't envision envision it uh, happening this way. What I realized as we were starting to grow the thing was that it was like um, it was probably the most excited I had been personally about a fitness training approach or method since I started CrossFit. And CrossFit was I got introduced in two thousand nine, and you know I caught the I caught the bug really hard, and. Here, what the difference was that, you know, I found, I stumbled across somebody else's methodology and then just became a, a student of this, of the approach for both as a coach and as an athlete, and then dedicated a num a bunch of years to just learning by doing. And then here I was again, like about, you know, eight, seven or eight years later, sort of discovering and rediscovering to some degree, a new approach to or a, an approach to training that worked for where I was at in my life and I just got excited about it I wanted to talk about it I wanted to share that experience on my social media outlets and then the response just fueled that even more so it was like oh we're interested oh wow people like this oh wow people are they want to try these training methods and it just grew from there yeah that that's awesome and I think you know for me being another coach and what I really respected about what you've built. And I want to kind of jump into your background story was that, you know, you were a formal athlete, um, but you also were educated in the same sciences that I, as a strength coach and, you know, one exercise science route. Um, it was really cool to see how you took those principles because typically in the fitness scene, maybe coaches or athletes don't have that and they just kind of find their own way, but it was really cool how you were able to balance all that. Yeah. Well, um, Again, that was also sort of, uh, you know, not by design, right? I mean, I, I think back on it now and I'm like, yeah. okay, if I was a, I get people asking me like, hey, I'm a, I want to go into fitness, like what kind of degree or how should I educate myself? Um, and I kind of encourage them to sort of do some similar things to what I did. But my approach and in going into like molecular science and physiology and nutrition in college was more because I was trying to pursue a career in, in medicine and traditional Western medicine. I was, I was a pre-med, you know, and, um, you know, then fast forward several years after that, I kind of channeled my aspirations to be in the healthcare field into health and fitness, but it's like, great. I have all this background in human physiology, anatomy, in uh, molecular science, in understanding endocrinology, understanding on a cellular level, what's actually happening in the body as we make these macro changes. And that allowed me to articulate my vision and what I was trying to share with clients, even if we were just teaching squats, eventually it you know, ultimately allowed me to just articulate the principles behind why we were doing what we were doing better than the next person who didn't have that you know, background. So yeah, that's, that's how it all kind of organically fit together for me. All right. So, well, I guess we're, we're in that kind of realm. Let's kind of back up to your youth. Everyone likes to kind of hear the origin story. Um, you know, when did you start working out and what was, what was kind of the driving factors behind that? I think, um, I think I actually started working out when I was like 10 years old. You know, I was playing, I was just playing like youth sports. I got into soccer and little league and, you know, rec soccer, little league and 
that kind of kickstarted the journey. I was playing golf with my dad when I was younger, but I just loved being physical. And I remember being, you know, summers, we would go and spend a lot of time up in the Sacramento area. We had a uh, place that we would go stay at that was on a golf course. I'd play golf with my dad. I'd, we'd go to the lake. And then when me and my brother had downtime, I was always looking for things to like, like I remember we had this like little wooden contraption we had built that I was doing pull-ups or like some type of variation of a pull-up or a dip on. And I was like young and I didn't know anything really about like weight training or exercise. I just wanted to like move like that. Um, and I was super, it was super appealing to me to like go to the gym. Like at some point, like whenever my parents would let me go to the gym, I was going to go to the gym. I wanted to go and work out. Um, so that, I think I got my first gym membership at like 13, you know, a gold's gym here in where I live. It was 22 years ago. It's like 10 minutes from my gym now that I own or seven minutes from my gym now that I own. <laughs> and I started working out yeah. with my brother and, um, you know, we just uneducated, didn't know anything, but Hey, just get on these machines and just do what the pictures say. And that kind of started things. All right. And then you go from, you know, growing up and being active to playing your sports and, uh, then you then you're an athlete, right? You're a formal. You played soccer. Mm-hmm. I played D one yeah. soccer. Yeah, awesome. And wh- what was your how was your experiences? Because obviously, you know, a lot of the high level games have that experience with the uh, the whether it's soccer or football, some formal sport. Do you think that that helped you uh, lay a good foundation of strength conditioning to then be able to progress into the high level that you were at? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the I, I don't know that – I think playing sports certainly provides you with a, uh, you know, organized team sports, ball sports like that, provides you with a base of, you know, strength and fitness, especially soccer. And I was a goalkeeper uh, at the higher levels when I was playing. Um, and goalkeeping and the training for goalkeeping was uh, extremely, you know, power, strength, biased. Um, so I didn't have like a massive aerobic – fitness base, but I was strong. I could jump, I could sprint. I, I, you know, I did a lot of that regularly. Um, but I think that the, the things that really set me up for success later on in CrossFit were the, you know, resistance training I did in the years that led up to me finding CrossFit. A lot of that was inspired by my interest at a young age to just go to the gym and do some bodybuilding contractions. But then also division one strength conditioning was a big impact, had a big impact on that as well you know, D1 strength conditioning in a traditional sense, sort of the model that was laid out by how most universities train their uh, football teams. But, you know, bench, squat, deadlift, do some power cleans, maybe some power snatches, um, pull-ups, plyometrics, box jumps, that kind of thing. So we did a lot of that in college. That gave me a a great foundation for, uh, you know, those were my 17, 18, 19 20 years old, uh, getting a ton of great training in, you know, in a competitive environment around a bunch of football players that I looked up to. And I was like, I want to be as big and strong as these guys. Um, and yeah. And then subsequently, like after I stopped playing soccer, I, I did like a deep dive into Pollock methods and German volume training and doing a lot of resistance work in the gym. And so, you know, those five years, set me up for a ton of success when somebody was like, Hey, come try 2159 of thrusters and pull-ups. I was like, I can do that. That's no problem. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. I had, I had done 10,000 pull-ups in my life already. And I had done a lot of squats and 
that's what people I think fail to recognize when they see people have quick success in CrossFit. They're like, oh, why did that person, you know, get so good so fast? It's like because they have actually been doing it for a long time. It's just they didn't do it called CrossFit. They were actually building the requisite strength and contractions of their hips and shoulders for years to get ready. Yeah, and that, that's what I really, you know, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but a lot of your functional bodybuilding stuff, you know, I also grew up and I was uh, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I, like then when I got a little more acclimated with the formal, it was Poliquin and, and tempos and different ranges of motions. And, and you do a really cool job of integrating that into movements that are digestible for non-coaches. Um, so it's really cool to see how you fused all that together. Um, so how would you say your training then? Okay, so you're, you were in soccer. And I guess let's back up at what point, because you were in pre-med, at what point were you like, I need to uh, focus and prioritize CrossFit? Was there a shift that needed to happen? Um, yeah, kind of. I mean, I was actually, I was in, I was in, let's see, uh, I finished, I finished um, undergrad and applied to medical school and went to medical school uh, for a year. So there was a three-year period post-college where I was not in uh, – that, that I hadn't fully dedicated to CrossFit. And I was kind of getting that, like, um, soft introduction, you know, got to my first CrossFit class, started to learn more on the website, didn't want to give up my bodybuilding routines, but I still wanted to try a little bit of this new thing I was seeing. And um, I was I was training – I was using some CrossFit methodology while I was in medical school. You know, I didn't have a ton of time to dedicate to my fitness, but I would make room to go and do the workout of the day from .com and maybe some additional bodybuilding accessory stuff that I like to do. Um, and then, but it was when I left medical school in 2000, uh, 2009 was when I, I left medical school and I was like, okay, I'm, I really want to go full full in on the CrossFit culture, community, and training methodology. Um, not because I was like I just want to train this way. It was because I was like, this is. I think this is where I'm going to make make my career. I'm going to shift to being a health and fitness coach, and CrossFit's going to be my entry point. Um, so that was when it all kind of shifted for me. Was in like 2009. And then in terms of your training, when you were doing that. Uh, what, what type of things did you, you know, obviously your background, you said was a goalie and you had the strength and power. What things did you have to really work on? Like what is, what did Marcus Philly struggle with the most to establish so he could become successful in the sport of CrossFit? Yeah. Well, it was, it was kind of, again, it was sort of like a, an organic evolution where I started out in CrossFit team competing um, and team competitive CrossFit in the years 2010 to 2012 when I was on games teams um, was not like a, it wasn't a well-balanced, you know, fitness test, meaning that nowadays the teams are tested in, you know, a lot wider range of skills and time domains. Whereas back then being a team athlete in CrossFit meant being like strong, powerful and doing short bursts there weren't you know like the longest they, they didn't have events that all six people had to do every single element and it lasted 30 minutes you know they had the mm -hmm. longest i remember doing a workout was like 
seven minutes long of continuous stuff. And, and it crushed me, right? Because I didn't have that long endurance background. I didn't have a huge base of aerobic fitness that I came into CrossFit with because I was a goalie, right? I wasn't running around the soccer field for 90 minutes, you know, uh, which people always assume because they're like, oh, Marcus was a soccer player. You must be great at running. I'm like, no, I, I really sucked at running. <laughs> I still not so good at running. So, um, so that was kind of where I had to kind of develop the most was a, an understanding of the aerobic system, understanding what it meant to be able to pace myself um, and get the best possible performance out of myself over the course of 15 to 20 minutes, not just an awesome first five minutes and then a, you know, a, tr a tragic 15 minute decline after that. Uh, so mm -hmm. when I made the transition from being a team athlete to an individual competitor in 2013, I mean, that was, that was it. It was just hours and hours of doing essentially cardio, but in the way that we do cardio and CrossFit, which is like mixed modal training, also a lot of time on the monostructural pieces and just learning sustainable pacing practices and getting, building up my, my capacity to be able to handle hundreds of contractions over and over and over again. Like it's almost like a jog. And, uh, that's, you know, that's still today. What separates athletes is who, who can do that the best. And on top of having good skills and a massive amount of strength. And you know, the, why I'm so happy that we're able to be on here today is because you have all this wealth of knowledge as the athlete and as a coach, but um, a lot of our listeners are looking for that next step in life. And you've kind of been able to balance uh, the training and now you're, you're, you know, you have a family, uh, you're staying fit with, with the kids and you have the business and you're balancing a lot of different things other than just training, right? It's one thing to just be a high level athlete and just train. It's another thing to have the whole package and you're evolving as you know, time goes on. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to jump into that next step, uh, specifically talking about the business and, and all that. But before we get there, we typically do some icebreakers here. And, and I know this is a popular one with most people. Um, and I actually saw on your website that you have kind of what you eat, your three days of eating is something that people can get on your website. But mm -hmm. um, what is something on a daily basis that you eat? And how has that strategy changed um, you know, when you were at a, at a high level competing to where you are now? Great question. Yeah. I'm, <clears throat> this is something I'm kind of spending a lot of time investigating. And um, I think when it was about performance, performance was all about fuel and quick energy and uh, eating in a way that was going to optimize my ability to go out into the gym and perform. And sometimes that meant fasting for periods of times. Sometimes that meant eating small little, you know, frequent meals throughout the day so that I could nourish myself between training sessions. You know, sometimes it meant eating massive dinners and just like, you know, maybe shoveling down like a pint of ice cream before bed so that I, I could get enough energy in to recover for the next day. I always tried to think like in the highest quality possible when it came to my nourishment, even when I was training at a high level. Um, you know, I chose like back to the ice cream comments, like I knew I didn't deal with dairy and gluten well. So I would get like cashew milk, ice cream, and I would, you know, be eating vegetables at every meal and I would cook all my own meats and I was not eating gluten. And I was, you know, but at the same time, I just, there were sacrifices I was making just purely to get the best fueling so that I could perform well. 
Um, and the sacrifices came in the way of digestive health, inflammation, you know, you like taking in probably a hundred to 200 grams of sugar a day. Um, and those were just important tools to use to recover from training and to optimize performance. So now I'm, I try and be much more structured around eating at very specific time points throughout the day, not as frequently. So less frequently, um, with a, a focus on getting, you know, just really well balanced quality nutrients at each meal, protein, veggies, and a starch with some fruit all cooked by myself or, you know, I cook everything for myself. I source the best ingredients possible. I focus on what is going to help me extract the most nutrients from that food from, you know, when it comes to supplement choices. Um, so everything now is really designed around optimal gut health, optimal nutrient absorption and good mental, uh, acuity and, and energy throughout the day. Uh, whereas, you know, training peak levels of training, I might do a workout, go and have 150 grams of sugar right afterwards with some whey protein, which would make me want to go take a nap, but it was also helping me recover. And so I didn't care. Uh, now it's like, I don't, I don't really want to feel knocked out for the three hours post-workout, um, both from my training intensity and the post-workout nourishment. And can you, can you give a perspective on your experience and kind of what your training uh, schedule and your time investment when you were at that level and then to where you're at now, which obviously you're still in a very high level of fitness, um, you know, and how that has changed and how you have shifted priority. Uh, training for the CrossFit Games in the sort of uh, season leading up to regionals was always, you know, six days a week of a morning session that lasted anywhere from 60 to 90 minutes. And the morning session had a particular look and feel to it. I would typically rest about three hours after that. And then I would train midday for another two hours. So anywhere from three to three and a half hours of training time per day. Um, and then mix in, you know, some added mobility work, perhaps in the evening or the morning or something like that. That was five, that was like five, five days a week of that six days a week of that back then. And then of course, in the months from regionals to the games, that volume would go up even further. Um, mostly not in gym training, but out of the gym training. So added mileage, swimming, running and biking and doing long, slow duration stuff to build that aspect into my training. So it could be as much as four hours a day, five hours a day, some days. Um, now I am training, you know, I block off two hours in my schedule, five days a week. So 10 hours a week. And the actual workout time is usually like 60 to 90 minutes. And then I'll, I'll do some blood flow. I'll do some mobility work. I might do, I might just use the extra time to, um, you know, sneak a little extra work in during my day. And, and the focus really, or, and, and the difference is really like you mentioned me still being at a high level of fitness. I can still perform um, individual tasks and, you know, workouts at a relatively high level. Um, not my best ever, but at a high level. The difference is that I can't sustain, you know, multiple high level performances back to back to back in anywhere close to the way I used to. So I did, you know, yesterday just so happens in my training, I did the games, um, finale workout, you know, the final workout, the 30, you know, basically Isabel, 
muscle ups for time, 30 muscle ups into clean and, you know, into grace. And, uh, I didn't compare my, I didn't look up times, but I mean, I think I did in like nine minutes and change. And I, I, I'm fairly certain that's a decent time amongst the, the world of athletes that are out there. And, um, but the point is that like, I couldn't have done five workouts the two days prior to that or the four days prior to that, and then been able to do that now. You know, my, the, the, mm -hmm. the training for CrossFit is about obviously building up peak levels of performance on singular events, but it's also, and probably more so about building up the resilience to handle lots of events in a, in a short time frame when you've, when you're performing at, at your highest level. And um, that's why the volume and the time investment is so critical. Uh, somebody who's training 60 to 90 minutes a day can go do, you know, a good open workout each week. No problem. But you can't show up and crush a three-day event where there's, you know, 12 workouts that are going to happen. You'll get, you'll get buried because you just haven't put in the, the volume of contractions necessary to, to handle it. And you know, I want to dive into, uh, you have a family, right? You have two young, uh, right? Two young children. And, and how does that, how does that, what, what obstacles yeah. do you find? Cause a lot of our listeners, you know, and even myself are kind of ready to turn that page and, you know, we, it's easy for us to go to the gym and escape, but we also don't have families. But when we do have families, I have to assume sleeping habits change, uh, so your schedules might change a little bit. So can you allude a little bit into that? Yeah. Um, I mean, having, certainly having kids, uh, and the initial six months and for some people more, uh, longer periods than others is, yeah, it's brutal. It's going to totally disrupt everything about your life. But as with anything, you start to find rhythms again. So, you know, for, for, for us, it was about getting our kids to, to sleep, to sleep well. And, and everyone who's like, Oh, you're so lucky you have good, you know, sleeping kids. I'm like, dude, it's not luck. There's nothing lucky about it. Like we, we worked on it, you know, like kids are like us. We respond well to consistency and rhythm as a, an adult who has kids, you have to create rhythm for them. And if you want them to sleep at the same time for the same number of hours, you know, and, and not wake up 10 times a night and need you, like you have to structure that. So we, we did that and we, we worked hard and we still have to be, you know, it's still a challenge at times, but um, getting our sleeping rhythms back was number one, like most important. And then just recognizing like, you know, initially maybe, I don't know, for me at least it was like, oh man, like kids are going to disrupt this flow of life that I had that I really liked, you know, and I was kind of stuck in that mentality of like, oh, I, I'm not going to have as much time to do this, or it's going to constrain my time to do that. And now I recognize I'm like, well, that was kind of all, I missed the, the point, the part where I now have these awesome kids that I get to go and spend some time with. So I don't want to go to the gym for three hours and train like that. Just, I'm not, that's not the thing that pays the bills. It's not the thing that, uh, is moving my life forward. And as a matter of fact, it, it's, it's holding me back from pursuing the things that I want to be able to pursue. It's okay. So how do I really condense that time into 60 to 90 minutes? you know, so that I can get, I can get something of high value in the gym and, and continue to support what I want out of life and free up this opportunity to be more present with the kids and my, my wife, you know, in the, in the hours of the day that we have available for that. Um, and that was, you know, 
big part of what inspired the growth of functional bodybuilding and, and what we're doing and what we're teaching and preaching now, uh, because that was that was really the timing when it all happened. You know, my competitive CrossFit career had just kind of reached a pinnacle. I was feeling broken. My wife was pregnant and due in a few months, and everything was about to change. So I knew that I had enough vision to see that, hey, okay, what, what I've been doing for the last three years ain't going to work. You know, I kind of thought, oh, maybe I can still make it happen. But once it, it became clear quickly, like that's not, that's not the path that I'm on. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's an awesome lead in because as you were saying that, I just, the functional bodybuilding, I know I've done it, my wife jumped on it and uh, it was very, it was perfect for the stage of life that we were going into. Um, so I guess mm. do you want to dive into the functional bodybuilding and, and how would you describe that to someone who maybe is new to it? Yeah. I mean, functional bodybuilding, I like to just let people know. It's like, it's, it's really just sort of a, it's a set of coaching principles. And I, I like to think of it more as like the methodology behind the coaching that we offer at a revival strength. So revival strength is my coaching business. We have eight coaches that work for us that coach clients from all over the world. We sell online training programs for people to come and explore what functional bodybuilding uh, could, could, could look like for them. And um, the functional bodybuilding methodology in and of itself is really a way of like honoring the things that got me a base of fitness that led me to be successful in CrossFit. So my years doing uh, bodybuilding, doing Pollock methods, the stuff that I did in even, even like Paul check method stuff. I worked under a couple check uh, coaches for, I mean, I trained under a couple check coaches for several years and I learned all this stuff about like, you know, how do you train the body in isolation? How do you train the body for hypertrophy? How do you train with time under tension? How do you manipulate certain variables to achieve results within your body f physique and, and performance wise? Then of course I got introduced to CrossFit. I went deep down the rabbit hole there. I love the, I, I still love it to this day. I love the, the, the model and the methods, but I also recognize that in, per, in the pursuit of a high intensity uh, model of fitness all the time, there's, there's, there's drawbacks um, that for many people lead to burnout, injury, and uh, installing of progress. So functional bodybuilding to me was like, okay, I'm, I'm blending bodybuilding, CrossFit, and again, many of those, those names and those those training methodologies that I learned over the years into something that <clears throat> essentially helps clients manage and control intensity in a way that's appropriate for them. So with that said, it's like there are plenty of people that are young, resilient, don't have a ton of stress in their life, and they can get after it and they can do CrossFit, you know, high intensity CrossFit five days a week and be fine. And then there's somebody on the full other end of the spectrum who's got three kids, works a stressful job, has 45 minutes, four days a week to train. That person should not be doing CrossFit because their life is so stressed out that going in and just smashing themselves with thrusters and pull-ups and box jumps and burpees and kettlebell swings 
day after day, they haven't earned the right to go and crush themselves with intensity. And so the functional bodybuilding methodology allows us to kind of cater to a wide variety of people um, and showcase all these training uh, methods together in a way that says, okay, you can actually support great health, great joint integrity, great fitness, great movement, great aesthetic aesthetics. You know, the look, the look good, move well mantra is really something that uh, it helps to, to categorize what we're doing. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, I, I do want to go into uh, the entrepreneur side and the, the, the business side of it and how you really got it to where it is today. But um, on a side note, I, the program you have, and you have a program, we talked about this before, where you're educating people on the principles and the methodologies you use in there. Uh, I believe it was for like a coach's course for the functional bodybuilding level one, right? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, can you explain a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, you know, we're starting to get questions um, about, you know, what, what is functional bodybuilding? How do I, how do I, how do I coach functional bodybuilding? I want to learn more about functional bodybuilding. And so I think at, at this point, it's been almost two years since we produced that course. And it's like a, a eight part video online series with, um, at the time kind of my, he was, he was my coach at the time. And he was somebody that really played a big role in kind of the, the building the foundations of FBB. Um, Mike Lee, and uh, we put out just sort of like an ebook and video series to sort of outline the principles of what functional bodybuilding is. And it's very, it's very high, like, you know, it's high level stuff. It's like, and, and, I, and what I mean is like, we're not getting super granular and into like the details. We're kind of uh, looking at big, big picture concepts of what we're thinking about with FBB. And the feedback was, you know, was mixed. It was like, People are like, no, I want to, I want to know exactly how to program FBB just like you do in Awaken Training Series. And I'm like, okay, well, that's a much more in, involved process and and an in depth education experience. Like, I, I can't deliver that in seven, you know, fifteen minute videos that we we posted online. Mm-hmm. That's what we're working on now. That's kind of the future of our of our education that we're going to deliver is. Or FBB 201, which is going to be coming likely in the early part of 2020, where it's like, okay, here, here it is. Like, here are all the design features, training templates, uh, concepts around building for different avatars and different types of experienced athletes. This is how you can learn more about the why behind how we prescribe conditioning, how we prescribe structural balance, strength approaches, tempo, etc. And that's, yeah, I mean, I, I've always felt like I wanted to not only be somebody who's coaching clients and writing training programs, but somebody who's also providing valuable resources to coaches out there who want to grow their careers and do better because that, that was certainly what helped me establish myself was having great mentors and learning from people that, you know, had done some, some powerful things in the industry. Awesome. So the the functional bodybuilding one right you've you've come up with and was it the uh it was the revival strength or awaken where it was called the awaken 12 week uh program is that correct yeah awaken training series 1.0 and that's that's the one that i was first introduced to so 
you've, you made that program. Uh, can you walk us through, cause there are a lot of coaches out there, athletes who, you know, everyone has aspiring to, you know, have this online business and, you know, the steps to get to launching it, um, and marketing it are kind of things that everyone's always interested in. Uh, could you step mm-hmm. us through kind of your initial stages after you developed your program? What, you know, what software did you use? Uh, you know, how did you market it? All that good stuff. Yeah. So first and foremost, like, I, and I get the question a lot too, and I want to start an online training program. How did you do it? Um, for me, I, I first needed an, an audience. I needed like a, there needed to be a demand. Like I was not, I had no intentions of writing online training programs. As a matter of fact, I had just launched my personal coaching business called Revival Strength, where we did one-to-one individual on-site and remote coaching. And that's what I believed in. And that's what I still believe in to this day. So the idea of writing a, you know, a templated group training program where I had just sold my CrossFit gym because I was, I was out of that model, it almost didn't make sense to me. Now, with that said, I had a social media following at the time of, let's say, you know, 75,000 people. Most of them were CrossFit fans. They were watching me train. I was posting my training, which I had been doing for years before that. You know, just the years before that was me doing kip and handstand pushups and snatches. And suddenly it was me doing lateral band walks, landmine presses, Jefferson's curls, uh, you know, RDLs, uh, split stance, RDL, you know, functional bodybuilding, what I came to term functional bodybuilding. Um, and so people asked for that. They were like, Oh, how do I want to do your training? And I was like, well, hire me as a personal coach. Okay. Well, soon enough, I was maxed out on number of people I could handle as, as a personal coach. And my coaches that I worked with were maxed out, (laughs) you know? And I was like, okay. Uh, they're like, we still want to try your training program. How can I get your training program? And I'm like, I'm not giving you my training program because that's my training program. Like, I don't just, I'm not just going to write, this is what I did, you know, uh, nothing against, the people that do that, but this was not going to be what is Marcus is, you know, what is Marcus doing? Uh, sign up online. Cause I felt like, you know what, I I've spent 15 years training to earn the right to do kind of the model that I follow. So what, but you know, the, the voice was loud enough. So I'm like, okay, I'll write something and I'll write it as like a 12 week, you know, come and experience it. And we'll just, you can get a taste of what we do. And, um, and I'll write it in a way where I think it's as, as accessible to as many people as possible. I mean, I wrote, I wrote group design for a CrossFit facility for five years. I learned a lot in that time. I learned a lot about what I do as a individual athlete versus what the general population or even other people that are enthusiastic about CrossFit can handle. So that informed how I wrote the design. And then that was, that was the, that was it. I was like, okay, I'm going to put this out there. I'm going to do a couple, you know, some social media promotion. I, um, we had started a, an email list, uh, through our website that I had built about five, four or five months prior to that. So I had gotten a, a handful of emails, um, from people, uh, that, you know, maybe a couple, few, few hundred, maybe even a thousand or more at that time. Um, uh, people that were interested in my training methods, I was sending them training ideas on a weekly basis. And then it came time to launch a product. I wrote the product or I wrote the program in an application called True Coach, which is how is the platform we use for individual coaching of clients. They had a feature that was going to allow me to write a program and then assign it to a group of 50 people if I got 50 people to sign up. So I chose that route because it was familiar to me. 
Um, we had a website that was built uh, by my partner, my business partner, Satya Khan. She uh, designed the sales page that spoke to what I wanted this thing to be about. She sat down and interviewed me on several occasions to say, okay, well, what's, what's the purpose of this thing? What are you trying to accomplish? What, what do you want the person that's using it to get from it? Like, and all of that is captured in the language that's on the ATS sales page. And she was like, We're, let's open it for one week and we'll see who registers and we'll close it. And that way we had a cohort of people that we could walk through this for 12 weeks and we could ex explore what it felt like, you know, to, to support a group of people and get feedback and, you know, make changes if we needed to. And we launched it immediately after the 2017 CrossFit Open. So it was like people were done with the Open. This was about, you know, building a foundation, a different style of training that wasn't about intensity, perfect timing for people that just finished five weeks of a beatdown. So that's when we launched it. Mm -hmm. We hit our email list. We hit social media, you know, medium. Like we didn't go hard. We didn't do any advertising or paid stuff. It was just organic posts. And that was the first launch of ATS in uh, April of 2017. And from there, you know, things have evolved for sure. And how, how would they, how, how have they evolved? Um, well, I guess let's back up. So the first launch, would you, were you happy with that success? Was it more than you thought? I know you mentioned 50 people was your number. Yeah, it was more than I thought. I think I was, I was like, Oh, I'd be stoked if we got like a hundred people. Right. And I think we ended up with like 300 yeah. people and I was like, Whoa, like it just totally blew my mind, you know? <laughs> um, That's awesome. and, uh, yeah. So, uh, it was, um, and it was all just, I mean, to me, it was like, great. Like I had just had a baby. We had just bought a new house. Uh, I was like getting this other business up and running. And I was like, I mean, talk about like perfect timing to just get a, a little bit of a nest egg so that we could focus on doing the other stuff. But I didn't, I didn't like that launch didn't happen. I wasn't like, Oh, awesome. Like I'm going all in on, online programs now. Like I was, it was more just like, okay, that's a nice mm -hmm. little, you know, safety net, but let's stay focused on the real mission here, which is growing this, this other coaching company. Um, and to be honest, that, re that remained my focus for about the next year and maybe 15 months was like ATS was gaining, gaining some steam and it was doing well you know, quarter after quarter when we would do these launches, but I just didn't trust it. I, you know, I still, to this day, like it, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around an online business where you sell training programs. Um, cause I'm so, I was so used to working in a industry where it was like about, you know, working with clients face to face, like having actual relationships, one-to-one -one people under contract that were going to pay you for the next year. Like not somebody who's just going to, you know, jump onto an e-commerce site and, and, you know, enter their credit card information one time. So, so how would you, how would, what strategies and uh, our software do you use to kind of bridge that gap using technology to, even though it is an online program to be able to have that interaction with people, have that accountability, create that community? Well, it's, it's, you know, with our individual coaching clients, you know, true coach is a tremendous platform for us to use because we can essentially have like a very personal one-to-one -one relationship with a client that's halfway across the world and get a ton of data tracking, you know, a ton of client feedback. We also use uh, Zoom uh, as like a 
you know, a, a tool to talk face to face with our clients that are remote. Um, so every month our, our individual clients get that from our, from their coaches, they get a 30 minute consultation where they talk about everything from training to life, to challenges, to successes. Um, for the online training programs, you know, we've set up, we've utilized social media, Facebook groups to connect people. Um, we've used, we've used things within the true coach application to deliver, you know, weekly messages, uh, give even people that are in like the online training program access to an athlete support person to answer questions. Um, you know, I'll hop on to face the Facebook group and field questions periodically. Uh, we have people on revival strength staff that do that as well. And, um, I think that that's, that's always, that's certainly an area of opportunity for growth for us in the, in the future is how do we really create more of a sense of community around our online participants, the ones that aren't working specifically with a coach, but are following, you know, something that we're doing here at revival strength. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say that we've like cracked the code on like we have the most, you know, diehard online community that's out there. I guess. Uh, so what's next for functional bodybuilding? I know we talked about, uh, you know, your plans for 2020 with the coaching side of things, but is there anything else that people can expect? Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, we're going to continue to, uh, you know, I, we're continuing to innovate new uh, training ideas and products. Um <sighs> One of the things that uh, we have, uh, well, actually, I mean, I won't go into details on, on all of them, but, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at a list on my computer of like seven different training uh, program or online, you know, training tools that I'd like to investigate writing in the next six to 12 months. And um, really all just ways of getting individuals to explore and experience more of what functional bodybuilding has to offer in different formats. So, you know, we've, we've worked on a, uh, recently we just released a awaken training series masters track. And that masters track is really focused on like the 45 plus age demographic, um, where I think a lot of individuals are experiencing a pretty, you know, dramatic shift in what their body is capable of doing and how resilient they are and how that impacts their ability to train. So many online training programs are written for 25 year olds and they just don't suit well for 45 year old athletes. Now awaken training series and functional bodybuilding concepts are ideal in my opinion for a master's athlete, specifically once I've made some specific adjustments and tweaks to the design to suit that audience as well. So that's something that's brand new that I want to see evolve. I want us to be the go-to company to work with masters athletes that love mixed modal functional fitness across the world. And I don't even think that people know that that's, that's, that, that connection is so clear and strong. Yeah. And that's a huge market too. I mean, there's a lot of aging athletes and then, you know, obviously with the life expecting everyone growing older, the quality of life, which is, you know, something that's important to most coaches is how do we help people live healthier, happier lives inside yeah. and outside the gym. Yeah. And then I want to dive into, uh, you know, one area that I have a lot of background in education um, and training and experience in is nutritional education and coaching. And certainly with individuals that I work with, you know, I've 
I have a, a method and a plan of going through, you know, nutritional coaching and education with them. But I want to explore like th- this topic of gut health that I really talked about when we first kicked off the conversation, the icebreaker. Um, it's something that isn't being talked about enough. Everyone's focused on macros. People are talking about different diets. People are talking about this food or that food. And there, there hasn't been a nourishment uh, process or a protocol or approach that centers around, well, none of all those other things matter if you don't look at the system that underlies all of it, which is your gastrointestinal tract. So how well are you actually taking in the stuff from outside your body and bringing it into your body? And yeah, quality impacts that. Yeah, the, the amount of food you eat, the, the type of macronutrients you're getting, the timing, the this, the that. But it's like it's so segmented and fragmented out there that I want to take a stab at um, creating a, a, a an approach that people can really gain some some real uh, clarity and awareness on how things impact their body, so that they can make informed decisions for many many years to come. And this is coming on the heels of me doing three months of intensive uh, functional nutrition work to heal some dysfunction that I had in my, in my GI tract, as well as, you know, the downstream effects of that, which were inf- inflammation, hormones, uh, sleep disturbances, et cetera. So, I mean, I went through the ringer for the last three years and building a business, having two babies, uh, coming off of, you know, some, some high stress. And, um, I chose to take the route of healing myself with food. And I want to share that with the the community. All right. So I wanted to, you know, we like to have some actionable steps for people out there and there's a lot of actionable steps out there for athletes looking to, uh, whether they're looking to diversify or bulletproof themselves with your training methods. But I want to really focus on the coaching side of things too. Uh, so what, what are things that you would, maybe three things you would tell to someone like a coach or an athlete who maybe has that some sort of a presence already, and it might not be 70,000, it might be 2000, right? I think a lot of people, uh, they try to be this macro influencer, but there's a lot of value in being this micro influencer who maybe you can uh, develop something to help 30 people. Maybe it's not 300, but it's still 30 lives that you're touching. What are things, uh, maybe three things to help them get started? They have this program, they want to get going. What are some words of advice? Well, my words of advice are um, always looking for ways to add value to your clients and then having multiple tiers of ways to add value. So social media is great. You can add value to people by posting quality content where uh, just you're just giving stuff away for free. You're giving advice, you're giving tips, you're giving things that will help somebody in on the day-to-day to just make a better choice. Um, but that's sort of just like the, that's like surface level, right? So social media marketing is just a part of it. You have to have a layer that allows you to go deeper. For us, that's email marketing. That's getting people that are bought into what we're about, signing up to our email list where they can go and they can get weekly articles written by me that are a much deeper dive into actionable steps that they may want to take. And I think that that's something that people should take away from this is social media content daily that is high level, that gives people some you know, actionable thing that they can do and make sure it looks good. Right. And then the second tier is have a way to funnel those people into, um, 
you know, a, an email marketing system or some other way that you can, you know, go deeper with that group of people that are really bought in. And then the second, and then, then the last piece would be like, once you have that, that audience that's bought in, you know, really putting energy into creating, you know, like a deeper value, uh, deliverable on a weekly or, or bi-weekly basis in the form of like a blog or an email that you send out, or even like a video that you, you take of yourself talking more in depth about a concept. Um, so that would be, that would be kind of it. And, you know, it's like even my coaches here who, uh, you know, have, have a client list of 50 clients. I say, okay, you should be writing a weekly email to all of those clients where you're giving them your five tips that have helped you in the last month or the last thing, five things that you learned this week or five things that you're thinking about around health and fitness this week that could help them. And then that becomes a tool for marketing and a way for those clients that are bought into their system to share it with their friends and share it with others to kind of all point back to giving them an option to expand and grow their business. And I love, I love all three of those because those are things that anyone can do. If you have a computer, you have internet and you are willing to take the time, you know, that's just forming relationships. So that's awesome to hear. Um, this is, a, a, I have a personal question for you and you know, one of my, Please. one of my favorite workouts to date still was you put it up there and it was like a twenty one fifteen nine of a handstand push up penlay row. And then it was like, uh, 12.96 of some other gymnastic, but it was a great upper body pump. So everyone kind of mm -hmm. has their favorite workout, if you will. What is your favorite workout? My favorite workout, to be honest, is to just hammer out some aerobic intervals. Like I, like my Tuesday session, which I'm about to go do after we get off this call, I'm just going to be doing intervals on the bike and the runner and the rower, um, you know, mixed in with some very simple like resistance uh, training uh, principles. So I wrote this program recently called Aerobic Bodybuilder, and it's a four day a week training program with a, with a kind of a double day split. I mean, they're short sessions, but the first session of the day is an aerobic session, and the second set of, session of the day is is like true functional bodybuilding um, without any conditioning. And uh, those those morning those morning aerobic sessions are something that I I just love. I've always you know, because you asked me back when we were talking earlier, like, well, what what made the what was the biggest thing that you had to learn in becoming a, a successful CrossFit Games athlete? And it was that it was I had to learn that, and so it, it's my proudest accomplishment in the sport, and the, 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 my proudest accomplishment over the past ten years of my fitness journey is learning how to go from somebody who who couldn't breathe and didn't had never run a marathon and never been into that to somebody who could do it with you know a hundred different movements and do it effectively so um yeah i mean that's a shout out to the aerobic bodybuilder program if people are listening to this uh it's it's some really awesome uh it's, it's a it's a real good look into how i how i built some some good fitness over the years yeah that's awesome and, and where can people find out about that uh definitely everything's over at revival uh revival-strength.com um, if you go to revival-strength.com forward slash free, you'll get uh, an opportunity to sign up to that email list and get a couple uh, free training template downloads and nutrition guides. Um, but the aerobic bodybuilder program is there. I can certainly get you the, uh, 
you know, the URL. So people, if they want to click through to that directly, they can. And um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll put all that stuff in the show uh, links for you guys. But um, you're also pretty active on social media. Where can people, uh, if they don't know, it's it's obviously your name, but where are you more at in social media these days? Um, Marcus Philly, at Marcus Philly on uh, Instagram and uh, also YouTube. Um, and then please check out functional uh, functional.bodybuilding um, on Instagram and YouTube. Those are... Uh, those are the two main sources on social media. Awesome. Cool. And once again, guys, I'll put that in the show notes here so you can just go right and check that out. But puts out a lot of awesome stuff. And Marcus, I want to thank you again for your time. This has been super awesome for me to hear as a coach and as an athlete and entrepreneur. But it was pretty cool to just, you know, they say, uh, I forget the saying, they say meeting, you know, I look up to you as like a, a role model as a coach and somebody who's been able to integrate a lot of the, the sciences and the movement into things, but also make it fun and obviously aesthetic and appealing to not just CrossFit to everyone. So it's been cool to sit and talk with you for the last hour. Hey, uh, it's a real pleasure. You asked some great questions. I really appreciate the time and the opportunity to share it with your audience. And uh, yeah, let's do it again down the road, okay? Awesome. All right, Marcus. Thanks again and have a great workout. Thank you. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode with Marcus Philly. You guys can check Marcus out. He's got a lot going on, but he is a great resources, not only for a coach, but as an athlete or somebody who's trying to build their online presence in the brand. He gave a lot of great tips out there for people who are trying to level up in their fitness entrepreneur's lifestyle. So check him out at revival-strength.com. He's got a lot of great free content on there, as well as more information about his functional bodybuilding 101 and soon to be. 201 course so you can guys can go to his website to sign up for that stuff uh, functionalbodybuilding.net is another one of him and then he's very active on social media so just check him out at marcus philly but once again i appreciate you guys tuning in this episode number 13 just leave us a review whatever you're on here whether it's stitcher apple itunes um, spotify helps out immensely not only to help us spread the message and what we're trying to do here with the barbell ceo but also give a lot of our great guests like marcus and the guests we have lined up for you in the fall of 2019 and beyond a platform where they can share their message and share their experiences and insights so until next time guys have a great uh, rest of your week rest of your day whatever you're doing just look to grow one percent better whether that's in training in your home life, in your relationships. And I uh, am signing off. Thanks.